This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzay Torah. Today is Wednesday, this is Ezra Bek, the weekly shir in Agadot Abraham Avinu. Last week we uh, discussed a couple of Medrashim, which together constituted a picture of Avraham as engaging in basically missionarizing, proselytism. And I, I, I mentioned specifically a number of Medrashim in different places, in different Psukim, because I, I think the point was, and I made this point last week, that it wasn't that we found that Avam Avinu one time did it. Chazal have this picture that this is what Avam Avinu did. Hu geirim, asher asu and, and, and the first thing he does when he comes to Israel is to that he, he, he led other people, he taught other people to call on God's name. Avam Avinu, according to Chazal, it's clear to them, has a, a mission, a self-defined mission. To teach, to lead, to, to be a religious leader for mankind, for as many people as possible. And I think the reason why Chazal said it is because it's obvious. I mean, there's no alternative. It's not as if he chooses humanity over the Jewish people. The Jewish people do not exist. But the question that arises is, when does this stop? Uh, we, of course, know that it's not going to succeed. In other words, it's not going to be Abraham's legacy to the world to have created a new universal religion. He's going to be the biological forefather of a people who will have a religion, who will have a certain idea, which we call Amisel. But when, when, when in his lifetime, if at all, did this, did this change? And there is a medrash, which I think pinpoints the exact moment when Avamavinu's crusade, Avamavinu's mission, mission to the Gentiles, mission to the world, comes to an end. And that's the medrash I would like to read now. I mean, Parsha Membet. We've skipped ahead a bit. Parsha Membet. Medrash Hay, and the Medrash is found actually in the beginning of the war of the four kings against the five kings. When describing the campaign, before Avamavin was even mentioned, the military campaign of the four kings of the north against numerous places, finally against the five kings of uh, the Jordan Valley, we call it Dead Sea today. So it says that they, they went to war, the four kings went to war, Sumil Chama, Edbera, and I mentioned the five kings of, of the area of Stom. And it says that the battle took place in a place called Emek Shaveh. Who Yamamelech? Emek Shaveh, the Shaveh Valley. The word Shaveh means. Um, even, the same, equal. Why was it called Emek Shaveh? The Midrash says, it's the middle of Midrash Hay. Emek Shaveh, Rabbi Berechia Rabbi Chelbo B'Shem Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachman. Shasham Hishvu. The word Shaveh means came to an agreement. You're equal to me. Shaveh means equal. Well, when people mashvim, they become equal to each other. It means they came to an agreement. Shasham hishvu, 
call of Kochavim, all the idolaters. I don't know what the word all is meant to exactly convey here. But I think the Midrash deliberately takes the word all to indicate the magnitude of, of what, is to, what is about to take place. Shisham Hishvu, Kol Ovdei Kochavim, all the idolaters came to an agreement. The Kitsitsu Arazim, they cut down cedars. The Asulo Bimagidola, they made a great platform, a great stage for Avraham Avinu. The Hoshivu Otolamalamimena. And they placed Avraham Avinu on this stage, on this platform, on this podium. And they praised before him. The Midrash quotes a Pasuk which is for much later. It's the Pasuk that was said by Bnei Chet when Avraham many years later has come to bury his wife Sarah and asks them for a burial place and they answer him Shma'enu Adoni Nisi Elohim Atabetochenu Hear us our master a a ruler a regent of God are you in our midst okay so the Medrash is borrowing the Pasuk because it's called Emek Shaves so this, this event which the Medrash is describing takes place you know somewhere around the war with stone which is um, some uh, 70 years earlier what does that mean? Midrash says, Amrulo, Melech at Aleinu, Nasi at Aleinu, Eloka at Aleinu. Shma'enu Adoni, Nasi Elokim atabatocheinu, they break into three. Shma'enu Adoni, Nasi Elohim. You are our master, you are our regent, you are our God. Amar lahem, Avraham Avinu said to them, Al yechsar ha'olam malcho, al yechsar ha'olam elokov. The world does not lack for a king, the world does not lack for a God. End of the story. Midrash is very strange. It seems to be hanging, the story is hanging in the middle of nowhere. Some event took place at an unknown time where well, they came to honor Avraham, and he turned them down. What's, what's going on here? I think, although it's not explicitly Midrash, but since it says that this war took place there, I think the Midrash is, is a little bit out of the place. It's going on the Pasuk, Emek HaShaveh, but it became Emek HaShaveh after the war. I think the Midrash is describing what took place after Avraham Avinu was the liberator of Eretz Canaan. He had gone and defeated these four kings who had basically raided the, the, the wealth of Eretz Canaan, or at least large parts of it. When he came back from that war, he was a conquering hero. And this is the reception he received. In other words, Emek Shaveh is the place, he came back to the place where the war all began. It's called Emek Shaveh because of what's about to happen. It will happen after the war is over. And all the idolaters, that's why I searched the word all. I think the Midrash is trying to indicate that you know, it's like the whole world. So, uh, I guess politically, it wasn't the whole world. Maybe it even wasn't everybody in Canaan, but it was a major event for the many, many different city-states 
this in Canaan, independent, or relatively independent city-states, but they all got together. That's the phrase, Eimek There's no reason why these people should agree with each other. They're basically at war with each other all the time. There is no empire. There is no overarching government in Canaan. Each city has a king or a ruler. But this time, Abraham Avinu, first success, he's got them to get together. He's unified the people of, I would say, Canaan, but literally the Midrash says, Kol Ovdei HaKochavim. The polytheists, with their many gods, have gotten together to accept Abraham. Now, what does it mean? They said to him, Adon Melech Ataleinu, Nasi Ataleinu, Eloka Ataleinu. I think it means the following. It's Adoneinu, Nasi'enu, Eloheinu. Melech Ataleinu, they said that they would appoint Abraham to be king of Canaan. After all, he liberated the people of Canaan. They decided to unify, make the United States of Canaan, and to elect Abraham Avinu to be the first king of the land of Canaan. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to minimize. You know, the, the Pashup Shadamajah says he was king of the world. All the idolaters, which is everybody, there are people who aren't idolaters, all the idolaters have said to Abraham Avinu, you are king over us. Nasi Adalein. What's in between Melech and Nasi here? So I think it means that you will be our king politically, and Nasi means you'll be our leader. I think it means spiritually. You will be the king, and you will be the guru. You, this is Abraham Avinu's ultimate success. He's, he's made it. He's the philosopher king of Plato. He will be the political and spiritual leader combined of all the idolaters. And where will he lead them? He will lead them away from idolatry to Avodat Hashem. You can imagine, Abba Bino is sitting on the stage and and he's he, he can taste the victory of his life. Last week's Medrashem, he spent all his time persuading, converting, trying to bring people tachat kanfei ashkina, who makri shem Hashem b'fi kol briot. And finally he succeeded. The, the combination of the war and his bravery and the particular situations has led him to, as it happens in leadership, you need a certain break to make you prominent, to put you in the place where history is made by you. And Abraham Avinu has done it and, and they're all standing below him, this great multitude saying, you are our king, you are our leader, you are our spiritual guide. And then they say one more line, you are our God. And you can imagine Avram Avinu's face, the way his his spirits, his the way this great balloon, which had swelled in his breast, not not of not of pride, but of, of success, and it bursts with this little teeny prick of a pen. Thus, it might sound like a great difference, but. To the people of Canaan, it was such a subtle mistake. You're a king, you're a leader. Their idolaters belabor benefesh. These people are idolaters through and through. And when you make somebody your king, and not just your king, but your, your spiritual guide, well, you make him your god. It's happened a lot of times in, in, in human history. Great spiritual gods Guides become gods. Chazal say that 
God feared that the Jews would do that to Moshe Rabbeinu, and hence he hid Moshe Rabbeinu's place of burial so that they should not make it into a holy shrine. <coughs> and Avraham Avinu is cast in one second from the pinnacle of his success, his spiritual success. We're not talking about military conquests here. His spiritual success, he's on a great podium. He's way up. And he realizes that it's not going to work. That's what my grandfather would say. They just don't get it. They were so close to following Abba Avinu under the wings of the Holy Presence but they just don't understand and if they don't understand now if you can't turn this into success I think what Chazal there's no more we finished the Medrash what I'm about to say now is not explicit here but I think the purpose of this Medrash which otherwise simply free floating in the middle of nowhere is to tell us how this was the turning point in Avraham Avinu's self-defined career as the mission to the Gentiles and now he has nowhere more to turn he says to them Al yechsar olam mochal Al yechsar olam elokav you don't need me the world has a king the world for sure has a god and you know I, I can't accept what do you mean I can't accept he wasn't being modest and not accepting he stands up walks off the podium and walks out of world history and hence I think begins begins Jewish history recall that if I'm correct that this takes place after the war even if it takes place as part of the war the next Pasha is going to be Brit Bein HaBetarim which is the beginning of Jewish history not so much for Avram's life I think Chazal correctly indicated that the beginning of Jewish history in Avram's personal life is Brit Milah we don't know how much later, but Pashup Shat, 25 years later, when he physically circumcised, meaning he marked himself as different than everybody else. And Chazal point out that he had three friends before that, but now he's sitting in the tent and he says to God, no one's coming to visit me anymore. All those visitors that he used to have no longer come. But in terms of the story of the Torah, Brit Ben Tavim is the beginning of Jewish history. It includes the story of Jewish history. God says to Avraham Avinu, God tells him all of the future Jewish history. The Medrash make even more explicit that all the signs and symbols that are present in Brit Ben Abtarim are against the Abba Malchuyot. It's all of Jewish history, not just soon, within the next 400 years, You'll be going down to Egypt, uh, unnamed country, uh, a nation who you do not know, who will enslave you, and then I will take you out. And God has explicitly told Amino about his destiny, or the destiny of his children, as the beginning of Amisal. The Midrash makes it even stronger that there's a reference here to the Abba Machiot, Abba Machiot of Babel, Babylonia, and, and Persia, and Greece, and Rome till the coming of the Mashiach. All that's encapsulated within this this, this terrible vision we call Brit Ben Abtarim. Perhaps, and here, I have to admit there is no Medrash. 
There should be, but, but there isn't. Medish recorded last week, God says to Abraham Abinu, right afterwards, Al tira Abraham, again lacha. Do not be afraid. And the Medish, of course, asks why he's afraid. And we read those answers a couple of weeks ago, why Abraham is afraid. The Medish looks for all sorts of reasons. What I just said now, based on the Medrash, but this continuation of Medrash does not exist, is he's afraid because he doesn't know where he's going. He, he, he's afraid, maybe fear is not the right word. Mitpached would be a good word. He's anxious. He, he, he just lost his career the way he self-defined it. He's not going to try and and convince these people. He's, he's, he's not going to be preaching to the stones, to the to the hearts that are buried, that are fossilized in paganism and idolatry. And and, and so he's adrift, and God says to him, Don't worry, and then shows him the Burit Ben Abtamim, he shows him where he is going. The dates aren't all that important. I, mean, I, I asked the question when does Avaminu uh, 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 change? So I've hung the story on the story of stone. But the story itself actually doesn't necessarily rely on stone. It's, I mean, it, it could be the reason why they built the platform was because apparently Abraham's great victory. But the important point is not the victory, but his great defeat. So sometime between these years and the years of Brit uh, Midah, when he's 99, at some point, Abraham Avinu's career takes a sharp turn from outward to inward. And the reason is, according to this Midrash, Failure. If I read the Midrash correctly, and I think I have. Total failure. His success was his failure. He didn't fail because he was incapable. He didn't fail because he, he didn't have a good public relations firm. He had a great public relations firm. It's called winning a battle. The greatest pulpit one can get is to be a returning, conquering hero. He's got it. And he uses it correctly. He doesn't have to use it. They just they come to him. They come running to him. The failure is not in him, but in the material with which he's working. People who could say, wow, you're right, Abraham Avinu. We will follow you. We will follow you. In fact, we will deify you. <laughs> if, if, if they can do that, then there's nothing more. There's nothing more to be expected. In that respect, I think it's interesting that this Midrash is based on a borrowed Pasuk from uh, 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 75 or... Uh, uh, 65 years later, when Avram is burying Sarah and the people of Chet say the actual quote to him, Shma'inu Adoni Elokim And if it's not merely lifting the Pasuk, but it means to say that many, many years later, the attitude of Avram is still the same. Which, you know, it means that Avram Avinu hasn't even wasted any time trying to persuade them or, or, or resign. He just, he just walks off the stage and and, and he retains his very, very, very special status in their eyes. He doesn't utilize, he doesn't um, fulfill the job they offered him. He doesn't act as king or as spiritual leader. Surely not. God forbid as God. But, you know, Abraham Avinu retains the status. That probably explains why, in fact, I gave him the burial plot in Chavon. Because he was the honored, very much honored, as we have just quoted and but but so how's it been, you know handled it all those years? Are people still knocking on his door and bothering him? He says to them, "No, no, I'm trying to teach you." No, I think the point is, 
He doesn't even try anymore. He just walks away. He hasn't been preaching for the last 60 years trying to explain to him the subtle difference between Nasi and Elohim, between being a, a spiritual guide and being a God. He hasn't even bothered. And it's like time is frozen. 65 years later, they're still saying the same formula to him because they're not going anywhere. They're, they're hopeless. And that, that's indicated by you know, taking the Pasuk from Chayei Sarah and injecting it into Lech Lecha. So what Chazal have done between last week's Medrashim and this week's Medrash is to divide Avam Avinu's career into two. Now, I, I think, it seems to me clear, um, logically, and, and to the extent that there's no opposite statement in Chazal, textually as well, it's not that Chazal thought that Avam Avinu had two missions from God. So I've continually said self-defined. God sends him there to sell and doesn't tell him to do one or the other. As usual in Avraham Avinu's life, God doesn't tell him to do either A or B. He has to do it on his own. When he's right, he gets a check. When he's wrong, he's wrong. Avraham Avinu's mission to the people of Canaan is not from God. God hasn't sent him to do that. I think God, in the very first line, said, gadol. He said, you go to Israel and I will, make a, I will bring from you a great people. Avraham Avinu has defined his own mission. And Chazal have divided Avraham Avinu's career, practically speaking, into two. The first half, a mission, an un, unfulfilled mission, or, or, or fulfilled but unsuccessful mission to the people of Canaan. And his second mission to actual found Amisal, which practically speaking means to have one child and raise him and, and get him married. Well, that's what he does for after the switch for the rest of his life and in that he's successful he actually has produced Yitzchak the second great Av practically speaking in terms of the Pshat of the Psukim once you get this picture divide Avraham Avinu's career into two the mission external and the mission internal then in terms of Pshat of Psukim it divides quite naturally between Lechacha and Vayera. And the dividing point is or should be Brit Mila. Makes sense, logically. Brit Mila marks him as the national Jew. And, and Vayera, of course, is about Yitzhak. It begins with Yitzhak. There's the intervening interlude of stone, the destruction of stone, which is true. As we once pointed out, Abba there is acting as an advocate for the people of stone, but he's not trying to convert them. He's He's, he's trying, he, it's, it just seems to him a bad thing to do. He doesn't want God to destroy these people. He has Rachmanis for them, but he's not, he's not leading them anywhere. And, and, and of course, the Pasha concludes with the birth of Yitzhak and the Akedah. Vayera uh, is about the birth of Yitzhak, and Lechacha is about Avraham Avinu without Yitzhak, what he does in, in Eretz, in Eretz Kenan. Including some false thoughts, Lot, Second false start, Ishmael. And I think the ultimate false start, everybody else. The 300 and somewhat people who are living in his house, who are his, his adherents. The people in the streets, the people of stone, the people of, called, uh, called, uh, If we look later on, uh, in and around the parsha of the, of the Brit Milah, 
the Medrashim uh, indicate a number of different points concerning how Brit Mila does separate, almost against his will, Avram from the rest of the world. For instance, Medrash the very end of Lech Lecha, it says that the Brit Mila that Avram did was done Be'etzem Ayom Azeh. Avram was 99 years old. In this very, very day. And Chazal here and in two other places interpret to mean high noon. And the meaning in all three places is the same. Something is being done to in, in defiance of people who have sworn to prevent it. And God says, Let, let's see them. Three cases are Noach, Avraham, and Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Concerning Avraham, the Midrash says as follows, Pasha Mem Zayin, Midrash Tet, um, God says, I, I have never spoken in secret. God says, to do at night, then all the people of his generation, the non-Jewish people of his generation, would say, They would say, Oh, he got away with it because he did it in the secret. If we were there, we would have stopped him. So God says, He's going to do it at high noon, middle of the day, and no one will, will be able to lift a finger. The assumption of the Midrash is that it makes perfect sense to imagine that people will not let Abraham circumcise himself. Why not? The answer is that nobody objects to Abraham being nobody objects to Abraham being hospitable, or even worshipping God, or telling them to worship God, they like that stuff. They're perfectly happy to have him come and give speeches about why they should worship God, why they should be kind, why they shouldn't kill, all, all, all the good things. Brit Milah is different, why? Because Brit Milah symbolizes, it, it, it not just symbolizes, it is. The separation of Avraham Avinu. It's on the contrary, it's letting them float away. And all Avraham Avinu's efforts will be now Inward, the creation of Am Yisrael is something which is objectionable. Chazal always make this assumption. Is objectionable in the eyes of the rest of the world. They don't mind Jews existing as long as they're not Jews. Because they're one of us. They should be one of us. Share our bread. Act like us. Time of Napoleon. Join the French people. But the separate existence of the Jews rankles, rankles tremendously. And that's associated with Brit, with Brit Milah. But even more striking is another midrash, not about how the non-Jews perceive Milah to be the beginning of the Jewish people, but how Avraham Avinu perceives it, and perceives it sadly. In other words, again, the time frame here, I, I can't exactly explain this to, you know, these two midrashim about two different times. But the idea that Avraham Avinu was really invested in his earlier mission, and now to tell him that he's going on a different tangent, it's a difficult. Midrash, parsha Memvav. Midrash Gimel, God tells Avraham Avinu to go and do Milah. And the Midrash puts the following conversation between Avraham and God in their mouths. It says, Amar, Avraham Avinu says to God, Ad shelomalti hayu bayim umizdav gimli. Till I did Milah, they, people, would come and, and join me. They would be my, they would zug, they would be my, 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 uh, my mates, my couples. He doesn't mean uh, in marriage, obviously. People would come and they would talk to me. We, we, had, we had real friendship, he says. Toma mishamalti hein ba'ilum is davkimli. 
But now they do Mila, will they come? In other words, they won't come. And I think the explanation is correct. As Moshe said, Abraham Abinu was worried about not being fen, having any friends. His, his life had been not friendship for friendship's sake, but friendship for, for persuasion's sake. He says, no one's going to come talk to me anymore. I'm not going to be able to have an influence, an audience. And God says to Mamadu HaKadosh Abraham, Dayecha Sha'ani Elokecha, Dayecha Sha'ani Patroncha. God says to him, you're right. So I'm, I'm going to be your God. I'm going to be your patron, your patron. In other words, I've been saying, who, who am I going to work with anymore? Once I'm Nemo, I'm separate, I'm, I'm isolated. I'm basically an outcast from the rest of the world, because we don't see it that way. We see it as them being an outcast from us. You know, if you're Nimal, then you belong to the to the elect. But Rabbi Bambino, what elect? There's nobody else. He says, it's all very nice to do God's will, and I really well, I want to do it, of course, but but that means I'm not part of humanity, and Rabbi Bambino believes in humanity. He still believes in humanity at this late point. And God says to him, you're right. You won't have any human beings. You'll have me, and only me. And that's enough. Dayecha. That's enough for you. Uh, and not only is it good enough for you to have me as your God and if you're worried about the rest of the world I think is the crucial point the fact that I will be with you that you will be mocked as my servant and I will be your God that's, that's enough for the rest of the world as well I think you have a hint here of the of the reason for the changed plan of what God's plan is. After all, why do Chazal say that Abraham Abinu was a missionary? If it's the wrong, if Jews don't believe in missionaries, then why should Abraham Abinu, why, why should Chazal say that Abraham Abinu wanted to be one? I think Chazal said it's the right thing to do. It's the wrong plan, but it's the right thing to do. In other words, Abraham Abinu's Havamin is correct. If you have the truth, you should attempt to bring every human being under the wings of the divine presence. And if you don't do this, because you don't love God enough. I'm quoting now a statement of Kreskas, who says, anyone who loves God will want to convert everybody. The reason why Abraham Abinu was not sent to do it is because it's hopeless. But that doesn't mean there's really no hope. God says to him, my plan is the following. You will retreat, you will withdraw, you will withdraw inwardly and build a strong, powerful beacon of light called Amisel. This will take a lot of years. And in the end, that will be better for the rest of the world as well. In other words, we won't work directly with the scattered potential believers from humanity and achieve at best some sort of a muddling, um, messed up uh, conglomeration of a little bit of truth, a little bit of evil, what's called syncretism. Believe in God, but... It's all tainted and, and, and corrupted by, by idolatrous beliefs. As basically they said to Avina, we will follow you and believe in God and you will be our God. That's, we're not going to have that. But the way to do it is to achieve pure monotheistic service of God, and somehow, in the end, that'll be good for the rest of the world as well. So if you're worried about the world of Avina, know that this is a retreat, a yiridad l'tzach aliyah. Retreat in order to eventually, in order to eventually, eventually conquer.
And another version of the same idea is found in the very, very last Midrash of, of Lechacha. Mem Zayin, uh, the end of Midrash Tet. Amar Avraham, Atshadom Alti, you Ovrim B'Shavim Ba'Yimetzli. Until I did Mila, the passerbys, you know, the, the, uh, the Bedouin, the Arabs who were passing by his tent, would, would enter into my tent. Tomar Mishamalti, Enan Ba'Yimetzli, no one's going to come to me now. Even those who are passing right by his tent and he's offering them food, they won't come. They're going to boycott the Jew, the Nimol, the circumcised Jew. God says to him, True. Before you did Mila, then the people who you so much love, you so much try to help would come to you. That's why God visits him after the Mila in the beginning of Eira because Avraham Avinu is lonely. No one is coming to see him. Mila has separated Avraham Avinu totally and never made impossible now any, any possibility of his still working with the others. So we have two different Midrashim here and two different time periods and it's not so much a contradiction. One indicates why Avraham Avinu was not going to succeed and I do assume that he must have also felt it and known it then if, if, if he had that episode where they said to him, you are our God. And if he didn't feel it, God has made his point. You know, it's not going to work anymore. But the actual end, the actual thing, which means Avraham Abinu will no longer be able to talk to any one of them, and all of his efforts will be inward, is Brit Mila. God commands him to Brit Mila, of course. God finally says to him, that's it, you know, this is the end of your career as a guy, a righteous Gentile. You are now about to start a new career as first, first of the fathers, first of the first of the Jews. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week with more midrashim on the life and career and personality of Avraham Avinu. Kol Tov.